Turn to the book of Psalms 116. Psalms 116. When you get there, stand with me. <clears throat> Psalms 116, beginning in verse 1. I love the Lord, because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will, wait, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore have I spoken, I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant. And the son of thine handmaid, thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you, and we're good and glad that we can come to your house today to worship you. And I thank you for everyone gathered. I thank you for our members and our guests. And Father, I just ask now as we go into the preaching of your word, the breaking of the bread of life, just give me the words to say and bring to my memory those things I studied. And Lord, I pray that your people and flock will be fed this morning your word. And Lord, I just pray that answer those prayer requests that have been spoken this morning, those unspoken. And Lord, I pray that today when we dismiss and go out the doors, all of us can truly say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, bless the service. May you be glorified and praised. And may we worship you in spirit and in truth. Again, I thank you for this privilege and this honor standing before your people. Be with me now. Hold me up as I preach your word. For it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. <coughs> Excuse me. Last four words in that psalm. And by the way, this is a psalm.
of David, the last four words in verse 19 says, Praise ye the Lord. Now, I believe that this psalm here is exactly that. It is to praise the Lord. It's a doxology, if you will. And by the way, doxology means, and this is simple, it's not hard, it's a compound word. There's two uh, meanings to it. It means, one, glory and praise, and it also means to talk about or write about. In other words, what is it? It's a word about praise. Do you and I have a lot to praise God for this morning? I assure you, we have a lot to praise God for. Yeah, it's true. Our our country's tore up. It's divided. People are tore up. Churches are tore up. I mean, you name it. You look out there and you see nothing but trouble. But listen, even though the world is going the way it's going, those of us that are in Christ, we have a lot to praise Him for. Amen? So I want us to look at that. So... Right off the bat in verse 1, David says, I love the Lord. Do you love the Lord this morning? Now, it's one thing to say it, but do you mean it when you say it? And can you show him your love through your actions? You see, David literally had a heart for God. And God knew, even though David was flawed, and by the way, everybody here, including this preacher standing before you, is flawed. He could see David's heart, and he can see our heart. He knows if we love him or not. You say, well, why should I love him? Well, are you saved? You are to love him because you're saved. You've been delivered from the penalty of sin. You have been forgiven, and he promises to take you to glory with him one day. That's enough right there to praise him for our salvation. But we should love him also, not only because of our salvation, but because He hears our prayers. How many of you have ever went through a trial, been distressed to where literally all you could do is look up and call out? You ever been there? Couldn't turn to your friends, couldn't turn to your family, but you had to turn To the Lord and the Lord only. I want to tell you, I've been there more than once. But just recently, when I had COVID, listen, I was as sick as I've ever been in my life. I honestly thought I was going to die. I really did. In fact, uh, one afternoon, laying on the couch, Lori was in the hospital. I thought, well, Lord, if you're going to take me, let's just get this over with. I'm, I'm not afraid to die. I know I'm in Christ. I know I'll be with you. Just go ahead and take me. Because I was miserable. Couldn't breathe. Couldn't eat. Just my head felt like it was going to explode. I was running fever. I mean, the sickest I've ever been. But I called out to the Lord. I thought, Lord, you're it. Nobody can help me. There's nobody here but me. And you. And I just prayed, Lord, please, if it's your will to touch my body and remove this COVID from me, praise the Lord. If it's not your will and you want to call me home, 
praise the Lord, just let me be delivered from this. I'm in misery. I'm in distress. So I called out to him. Show you how good God is. Still didn't feel great, but I fell asleep that night. At about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up, and I was soaking wet. My fever broke. My headache subsided, and that's when I began to feel a little better. Still couldn't smell, still couldn't taste, still didn't have an appetite, but I knew the Lord was faithful, and he heard my prayer. You see, I love the Lord for his many benefits. How about you? I'm thankful first and foremost for my salvation, but I'm thankful that he heard my prayers. And let me just say this about loving the Lord. And you young kids, listen to me. You're going to grow up and you're going to find out that there are going to be men and women and family and other people that God places in your lives that aren't going to love you like the Lord loves you. Men don't love Like the Lord loves. You see, His love is everlasting, according to Jeremiah. You see, He loves us with an everlasting love. But understand, when everybody else rejects you, He's always there because He loves you. In fact, He loved us before we first loved Him. Amen? 1 John. So, I love the Lord because He's heard my voice and my supplications, my prayers. That's reason enough right there to love Him. Because He saved us and He delivered us from all of those distresses that make up life. And we're all facing distresses, are we not? In some form or some fashion. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. When we pray, he listens. Y'all believe that? I assure you, he hears our prayer. Now, I've prayed and had many prayers answered in my Christian life. But the greatest prayer that he ever answered was the one that I prayed January 14, 1987 at my grandmother's mobile home there in Arkansas when I said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. At that moment, when I called out to the Lord, he lifted me up out of the miry clay of sin and delivered my soul. He inclined his ear. He didn't have to. I definitely didn't deserve it. None of us deserve his grace, his mercy, forgiveness, and salvation. But he inclined his ears, and that's what David is saying. That's why he's praising God and glorifying God. For who he is. Notice. The sorrows of death compassed me. And the pains of hell got hold upon me. 
I found trouble and sorrow. Listen, child of God, as long as we are on this side of eternity, there will be trouble and sorrow. It comes in many forms, in many ways, but listen to me, you can depend on God. He will get you through your trial. He's faithful to us. I'm thankful. Sometimes we're attacked by the enemy, are we not? And the old enemy just pounds us. He attacks from all sides. And we feel the next blow will be it. That's all. I'm done. But just on time, at the very right moment, God is right there to deliver us. I want you to understand this morning. It doesn't matter what you're facing. God is there. And just when you think, oh, there's no way, He comes and makes a way. Amen. Notice, then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech Thee, deliver my soul. What a prayer. He knew, David knew exactly who to call on. I'll ask you this morning, do you? Let me let you in on a little secret. If you're calling on Buddha, he ain't going to hear you. You're calling on Muhammad, ain't going to hear you. There's only one that hears, and that is the Lord of glory. Amen. Only him. Notice, gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, God is merciful. Where would we be without the mercy of God this morning? How many times has He gave us grace and forgiveness time after time when we've stubbed our toe? When, we, when I say stub my toe or your toe, I'm talking about when we've sinned against Him. But as gracious as He is when we confess those sins and ask the Lord to forgive us, what does He do? He shows mercy. I'm thankful God is that away. You know, there's no human being capable of the grace and mercy that only God can give. Understand that. That's a fact. The Lord preserveth the simple. Well, that was talking about me right there. I know I'm in the book. Because I'm the simple. Notice what it says. God preserveth the simple. I was brought low. And what did he do? He helped me. God has a way of getting our attention. And sometimes we have to be brought low from time to time. Because sometimes we think that we're it and we get too big for our britches. So he has to bring us low. And sometimes he'll bring us low through trials. And those trials can consist of a broken marriage. They can consist with our kids giving us all kinds of trouble. They can consist of an illness. God will use whatever it is to make us look to him. But listen, when he brings us low, 
He's always right there. Amen? Those of us that know him. That's right. He's there to help. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Let's break that down for a second. For you've delivered my soul from death. Everybody here is a sinner. We were born with that nature, and because we're sinners, we couldn't pay the debt we owed God, the penalty that we owed for our sins. So God sent His Son into the world to die and pay the penalty for us. And when we come to Him in repentance and in faith and receive Him into our heart as our Savior, you and I are delivered from spiritual death. Have you been delivered this morning? That's what David's saying. You've delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears. You see, the Lord answers prayer. My goodness, I'm a walking testimony to prayer. We have other walking testimonies here in this body of answered prayer prayer and he's delivered that tear those sorrows from our eyes and then of course look at what it says and my feet from falling understand he has giving all, given all of us that are saved a sure foundation you see he has given us the word of of God. Now listen to me. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen, you'll not be able to stand if you don't get into the word. Now that foundation that he's given us is his word because his word is a living word. And the foundation we're to be standing on is Christ through this book right here. Y'all remember the story of Elijah? Elijah asked for a double portion and God gave it to him. Not Elijah, I'm talking about Elijah. And God used him in a mighty way. But y'all remember when he went back to Gilgal? He went to the prophet school seminary. And... There was a drought in the land. And as he was there, as he looked at those young preachers there, and by the way, there's some churches, I'm talking about some in Arkansas, some in Tennessee, that they don't believe in Christian preacher education. They believe, well, if God called you, he'll equip you. You don't listen. How do you get by that verse over there? That's 2 Kings, by the way, chapter 4. He went to a preacher's school, prophet school. There's a drought. He looked at them, young prophets, preachers, if you will. <laughs> because of the drought, they looked poorly. And he told one of them to go and to a vineyard, get some provisions, and to fix a pot of 
We call it stew back home, but it's pottage in the Word of God. And by the way, ain't nothing better than squirrel stew. (laughs) Rabbit stew, nothing better. Amen. But he goes to the vineyard, this young preacher, and he gathers a whole lapful of gourds. Now these gourds are wild. They're poisonous. And he gets back and of course he's thinking, oh man, we're going to feast. And he slices them up and he puts them in the pot. He makes his pottage and he gives it out to those preachers and one of them, praise the Lord, had enough sense to say, whoa, there's death in this pot. And of course, Elijah says, hey, go get some meal. Put it in the pot. You say, pastor, what does that have to do with anything? Well, you see, the meal is very important because you see, it's meal that makes bread. Jesus is the bread alive. They put the meal in the pot and they were able to eat it. Now, the reason I kind of brought this little passage to us is a lot of us need to start waking up and looking what's inside the pot. And that's why it's important that you get in the Word of God and you study it so you have that firm foundation. Too many people will take anything some preacher says or read a book that's supposed to be religious written by a preacher. Oh, that's gospel. No, 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 no. You need to look in the pot because some of it is poisonous. And stop playing and reading and wasting your time with preachers out there that preach contrary to what this says. Amen? Too much of it out there. It scares me to death for y'all. Just because it says it's a church, just because he says he's a preacher, that don't make it so. Have enough discernment to know what is true and what is false. And the only way you're going to have the discernment is, one, the Holy Spirit that indwells you as a believer in Christ, and two, you know what the Word of God says. Again, He's delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Boy, I tell you what, after I got to feeling better, I was able to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And I had my doubts at first, but the Lord is good. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. Yes, I was. Some probably said, well, what did he do? God's trying to deal with him. He must have sin in his life. Folks, God's going to send struggles and trials and distresses in our lives. And it's not because 
we're out there in the world sinning. It's so that we will depend upon him more. We will grow in faith. And we'll grow to love him like we're supposed to. I said in my haste, all men are liars. Well, God be true, let every man be a liar. Is that not what Paul said? But notice what he said. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Think about that. What's David saying? What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits? In other words, what can I ever do to repay God for what he's done for us? Can I go ahead and tell you? When it comes to salvation, there's nothing we can do. That's where grace comes in. Giving us something we don't deserve. And even if we could repay him, we never could. But there is a way to show our appreciation for what he's done for us. Faithfulness. Amen? Faithfulness. Living for Him. Every day, not just on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights, but every single day. That's how you show our love for Him. Because again, what can we do to ever show Him our appreciation? For what he's done for us. He's done more than enough, hasn't he? Every day. Notice, he says, I will pay, oh I'm sorry, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Everybody here, have you taken the cup of salvation? I pray you have. If you haven't, you need to come up here and do that when the invitation's given. Because you all need to be saved. Amen. David took the cup. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. You see, David said, Lord, I'm going to keep my promises to you. What I say I'm going to do for you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make sure I pay my vows. Now, some would say, well, he's talking about his tithing. He's talking about his walk, period, with God. If he told God he was going to do something, he was going to do it. How about you this morning? Are you keeping the promises you made to God when he saved you? Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to do my best to live a life of righteousness and separation and a life that honor and glorifies you. That's what he wants. That's what being faithful is all about, paying your vows. Notice what else he says. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I've preached several funerals in my ministry. And the greatest thing that when you die, the greatest thing 
a preacher can say about you is that you knew the Lord as your Savior. That's the greatest thing that can be said about anyone. Hey, don't know a whole lot, but I do know this. That brother or that sister loved the Lord, and they showed it while they were here. It ain't no fun when you preach a funeral of someone that don't know the Lord. It ain't no fun when the family don't know if that person knows the Lord or not. Them ain't fun funerals. You say, you mean you have fun in funerals? When it comes to a it's a celebration. It's a home going. And by the way, you understand, that person laying in that box, that's just a shell. They're gone. If they knew Jesus, they're with the Lord. And if they're with the Lord, we are to be celebrating. Shouldn't be mourning. We should be celebrating. They're home going. And by the way, a funeral is for the living. It's not for the dead. And let me just say this. After you draw that last breath, there is nothing you or anybody else can do. You're either in his presence or you're separated from him. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Amen. O Lord, truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant, the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. Can I say he set us free? Are you free in Christ? You see, the Bible tells us over in John, when Lazarus was in the tomb, you know, he'd been dead four days, and Jesus arrived with the disciples. And remember Jesus going to the tomb and saying, Lazarus, come forth. And it said that he came about in his grave clothes, napkin wrapped around his face. And he came out and Jesus says, let him loose. Thou art loosed, let him go. You see, he was delivered. He was liberated. He was set free from death. What Jesus did for us does the exact same thing. By his death and burial and by his mighty uh, resurrection, excuse me, what he does for us is he sets us free. We're loosed from sin and the penalty of sin. But we are free. If the Son sets you free, what are you? Free indeed. Free. He's liberated us. And thank God for His liberty. Amen. And notice, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Think about that just for a second. What did David say he was going to offer God? His thanksgiving. Are you all thankful? Let me put it this way. We have a lot to be thankful for. We're still free. We'll always be free in Christ. We're still free to come and go. 
We're still free to assemble and worship. We're still free to have one of these. We have a lot to offer God's thanksgiving for. Because God has been good. Notice again in verse 18. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of his people. That's twice. Anytime in scripture something is spoken about more than once, pay attention. I will pay my vows unto the Lord. Lord, what I promise, I will do. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. You see this, this psalm pretty much, even though it was written hundreds of years ago by David, it affects you and me today. You see, that psalm is a psalm of praise and glory. And you and I ought to praise Him. And not just halfway. Praise Him all of the way for what He has done. You see, sometimes we are only half committed when it comes to praise. Well, Baptists ain't supposed to get all emotional and Listen, it was the Baptist that started shouting in the church house. Now, don't get me wrong. No, we're not supposed to be dancing and jumping pews and being crazy. Everything's got to be done in decency and in order in the house of God. But there's nothing wrong with shouting amen. There's nothing wrong with saying praise the Lord. There's nothing wrong, and I know this kills Baptists, to say hallelujah. Because that's God. Word, first of all, and two, that's our way as his children of praising and glorifying him. And by the way, there's nothing else in the world that we should glory and praise. Only him. Amen? So, understand, we sometimes, in close, we sometimes... Just kind of half-heartedly go when it comes to worship and say, Oh, I love you, Lord. But do we really mean it? I'll go ahead and tell you, if it's only halfway, you're not truly showing your love for him. And you're not truly praising him. See, just a little praise is not enough. Especially when it comes to the ocean of mercy and grace that he gives us every day. That's why we are to praise him. And this is David's reminder to us. Remember who he is and praise him. He loves us. Do we love him like he loves us? Only you can answer that. Maybe you're here under the sound of my voice. You say, well, I love God, but you've never called upon the name of the Lord for salvation. 
you can't truly say you love the Lord till you fall in love with Jesus who saves you, His Son. Come to the altar. He'll save you if you ask Him. Maybe you're here this morning and your commitment to Him is not what it once was. That's okay. Come up and say, Lord, I failed you, but I love you. And strengthen me, empower me to show you that love. And help me to live in a manner that always glorifies and praises you. Whatever your need is this morning, come. I'm thankful for my salvation. Maybe you want to come up and just say, Lord, I'm thankful that you saved an old wretch like me. Tell him. When's the last time you told him? Whatever he leads you to do this morning.